0: Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Peter Marsh. Hello, Peter. Hey, Russell.
1: How are you doing? Not too bad. Thanks. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Our first social distancing podcast. (laughs) Exactly. This is history in the making, our first Skype call. Um, Yeah, how's the cabin fever going? All right.
0: Good so far? Not too bad. I I haven't haven't gone crazy and killed anyone yet, so it's a good start. marvellous and
1: you've got a cat there same as me haven't you I have, so... yeah, i've
0: got i've got bernie here if you hear yeah. any background noise it's him <laughs> brilliant good stuff
1: um Right, well it's been a pretty tumultuous week and it's been a pretty tumultuous month hasn't it really with the outbreak of the virus um, we spoke last time on Monday of this week which was the 16th uh, that was our last episode um, and there's been a few, quite a few bits of pieces have been going on since then so what I wanted to do with the first part of this podcast was to just run through those things and chat about a few of them as we go along, uh, we'll then pause and in the second part we'll have our first, um, well it's, it's kind of a reprisal of a little bit of what we did in our very first episode, um, but it's more of a vast extension on what we mentioned in that first episode, which was our teams of the decade. Uh, we we're going to expand out on just the best team of the decade and talk this time about best permanent teams, best loan teams, worst permanent teams, and worst loan teams.
0: I think that's right, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah I'm um, sure a lot of people at home will have a lot of different opinions on these and, uh, yeah, there'll be a lot of yeah. different Use. I think if you ask every single person a different different team, they will put a different team out, you know, yep. you know it's, uh, on, on four of those.
1: Absolutely. I mean, my my memory for bad players um, is quite bad, uh, to put it bluntly. I, I usually try and blank them out as much as I can. <laughs> so we might have to amalgamate on a few of these teams, but we'll, we'll come to all that later on. Uh, but here in part one then, just to quickly sum up what's been happening since the last pod. So on Tuesday, Uh, UEFA had their big meeting of course and they confirmed that Euro 2020 has been postponed at least for now until June the 11th 2021 uh, where it will If it goes ahead, then we'll be for a month. Um, That's obviously due to the pandemic. It was due to start on the 12th of June this year. So pretty much exactly a year that's been put back. President Alexandra Seferin um, said that the health of fans, staff and players has to be number one priority. We're at the helm of a sport that has been laid low by an invisible and fast moving opponent. At times like these, football must show responsibility, unity, solidarity and altruism. Uh, the purpose over profit was the guiding principle in taking this decision for the good of European football. Uh, UEFA will be taking a huge hit on this, won't they? Um, apparently, running into hundreds of millions or something like that in terms of uh, having delayed it just alone. So that's that's an interesting, but obviously a valid point. And uh, they didn't have a choice, did they? Really, regardless of that one. Um,
0: no, absolutely. It was, like, it was a pretty much a no-brainer, wasn't it? I mean. There was literally no choice. The interesting thing, I thought, is that from memory, they are still planning on playing the playoffs in June this year, um, yeah, which surprised me right. quite a lot, and I don't see that happening. But they, yeah, their plan
1: was to... Yeah, I was going to say, i will be interested to know how they're going to pull that off, because I think that's same be, another priority. They don't want
0: to affect World Cup qualifying, I suppose, but realistically, you can't expect to play the playoffs in June this year, it'll be... Yeah, and as we've been speaking
1: before, I think the whole international calendar... Um, both domestically and in terms of national teams, is is going to be put back. I can see, as well as the Euros, obviously very predictably having been put back already, the World Cup has got to follow suit, in my opinion. Technically, the World Cup
0: is already later than normal anyway. Yeah, but
1: November 2022...
0: Four months after, it should be, or five months after. Ironically, all this, the, the, the whole mess that is Qatar hosting it could actually be a good thing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> more exactly. time to
0: get qualifying sorted, and maybe they can actually hold it in November in Qatar. However much disruption it will provide to the football, the football league season, and all that sort of thing.
1: Indeed, yeah, um, and to, just to point out mistakenly, in I think one of the other podcasts I mentioned January twenty twenty two for the World Cup. Of course, it's not. It's uh, it's November twenty twenty two as it currently stands yeah. that it's due to start. So we'll see what happens with that. But yeah, I mean everything has has to be adjusted and put back. In my opinion. I don't think um, it would be fair not to, really. I can't see the current timelines working. But uh, anyway, we'll get into that a little bit more. Um, I think, later I think on. The
0: June next year is a realistic one for the actual tournament. But yeah, for the playoffs, it's just yeah. too hmm. soon. It's unrealistic. and yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. if, if they do, I, I would say priority, if they do get going at that stage and somehow football gets started again, get it's not to play the qualifiers for the the um, the final qualifiers for the European Championships, which are now a year away, it's surely to finish the domestic leagues.
1: Mm. Yes, That's a yeah. priority, isn't it? I think the priority does have to be with that. I, I do think UEFA and hopefully FIFA will follow in the same sensibility that uh, that is the priority. It's the bread and butter. Uh, nothing else exists without the fans. The fans ultimately are fans of, of first and foremost clubs. Certainly in uh, Western Europe, it's the case and. I know there's other countries where the internationals are pretty much more important um, on a on a regular on a regular basis, but um, it's going to be difficult to um, to marry those things up. I think, but it's, it's also just
0: a time a, thing as well. I mean, they need to finish if they really realistically want to, which they're still talking about, have this season finish and next season. They've got to do that soon. Whereas they've got ages until the you know if they can imp- they might impact the World Cup of it, a little bit, but they've got ages to qualify for the champ- European Championships. They've got a yeah. whole year now ahead of them, so there's no need to rush ahead and do that and sort that out so early.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um Just on a few other things then, so so Sefer in the UEFA press said um that UEFA refused to consider the possibility of staging the Euros behind closed doors. The thought of this festival of football in empty stadia with deserted fan zones is a joyless one, he said. Um, I mean, obviously that's a no-brainer, but just to mention what he said there. Uh, UEFA have also... um told that they will refund ticket holders anyone who's purchased tickets for the event um, in full should they not be able to attend the 2021 dates um, I wasn't planning to go anyway I don't know if you were but I, I know a couple of our listeners um, in particular who we know personally um, mm. are planning to go and probably have to, have got tickets so um, whether they'll be able to make it next year or not I don't know but that's we, that's we, at least tried some
0: tickets, but we didn't get any we didn't get the ballot so all
1: oh, right okay yeah.
0: right yeah, not, not an issue in that sense. Except, yeah, I might actually to go now because of, uh, Yeah, it? it might
1: might make some other people more available to go than, uh, than before. Um, and just summary up on the UEFA front, other tournaments, so the Women's Under 21s, the National League, uh, sorry, Nations League, and the, uh, Under 21s Men's Championship, um, yet to be decided on. There's no, there's no clear, um, statement on that. Um, European football is committed to completing all club competitions by June the 30th if the situation improves is the general remit and um, I mean the the importance of this date though 30th of June is obviously very significant we've mentioned it a little bit before contracts are due to run out either at the end of May or June in the case of June which is most of them where contracts are running out um, that's going to be a, a complication um, it's the end technical end of the football season in that respect. Um contract cut-off. Uh so obviously there's there's gonna be a whole whole load of um things sought out there isn't there in terms of do you get people who are out of contract on extended short term deals to tide over until whenever the season does conclude. Um, do you have to sign them for another year? Obviously this will depend on timelines. Um there's issues though, isn't there? There's a load of players who are out of contract, people like Chelsea's William I think Ryan Fraser at Bournemouth, David Silver at Man City and, and obviously thousands of others, I'm sure, up and down the country and beyond. Um, it's tricky, isn't it? If they've got, Particularly if they've got pre-contract agreements that may already be in place since January. Um, that's going to be pretty complicated, isn't it, Pete?
0: It is. Yeah, definitely. Um, and also adding on to that, loan deals. I've actually seen the other one that could be interesting. I've seen um, there's an issue from what, from seeing that Mick McCarthy's originally going to step down and with Brian Kerr taking charge after the Euros next year, and apparently they both, or this year, sorry, but they both want to kind of be the manager now, and both have got, reason you know, from this summer, and they both got kind of a good case, I suppose, because oh, right. one wants to, one says by time, the other one says after the Euros, so it's kind of, from yeah, what I've that- gathered, and there's a similar one, I think a Danish manager or something like that, has, had, has actually stepped down, or will do in the summer, as he was planning on doing, but the Euros was going to be his last tournament and that sort of thing, so anything like that is obviously a kind of, an issue. Yeah, I think the thing. I mean, Ben White, obviously, have, uh, have asked, and even conceivably someone like Jay Malumby, who no one would have got that far off the playoffs. What happens with them if they start a the season, you know? Do we say, well, actually, we quite fancy having Ben White back for our last few games. Can we play him? And if we can, will they allow us to have the squad, detail you know, sorted out, like, you know, because of the, the changes? Or will he have to stay with Leeds, as he was? And, you know, yeah, it's all exactly. complex.
1: It's, it's very complex. I mean, in that particular instance, um, the player who holds and continues to hold the contract to the player obviously has the rights over deciding what to do with him um, outs- outside of contracts they're bound to with loans. So once you go outside of that loan contract period, that's a my field because both yeah. sides could argue this is part of uh, what, well, obviously, Leeds could say this is part of last season. Millwall can say this is part of last season. Um, we can say, well... Yeah, but it's outside of the football financial year or whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, exactly. it's, yeah, it's going to be a minefield. Will we, will, um, we,
0: will we be allowed to play in the Football League and the Premier League or whatever? And...
1: Yeah, because I mean, there's other things about playing for certain numbers of clubs within one year, isn't there? That's another issue.
0: And also um, the registration date as well for registering players in the Premier League.
1: Yeah, I wonder if there's insurance issues. I mean, certainly if you've got a player who's going back to the example of someone who may have signed a pre-contract agreement with another club yeah. after the end of this season, if they subsequently decide to agree to, to extend a temporary deal with the current club and then gets injured on a long-term basis, for example, that would become very problematic as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. If they're still out of contract, they could agree, I'm assuming a two-month extension. That's not the end of the world, I'm assuming. Someone like Shalotto, for us, could we could say, well, we'll, we'll agree a one-month extension initially, and then we'll see what happens, sort of thing. Depending on yeah. what the we're in and what happens, what happens there. But yeah, I mean, it's a complete yeah. minefield. What seems clear, I think, from what from what they're saying this week is, they will be playing. It'll probably be behind closed doors. I don't see any way that we're going to have the rest of the Premier League season played out in front of crowds. Hmm. Sound of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, there
1: we are. Um, just a couple of uh, other bits on the. Uh, well, a few other bits on the Tuesday news. Needless to say, England's June friendlies have been cancelled. That goes yeah. without saying. Matuidi, um, based Matuidi, who's I think a PSG, isn't he, um, has tested positive for coronavirus. Is one of the number who have since. Um, on other matters, going away from the coronavirus specifically, but on Tuesday, um, there's quite a few bits of news came out. Um, Macclesfield had their points deduction reduced from ten, which was seven now with three suspended, down to seven four now, and three suspended. So they've effectively had a three-match reduction in their, in their deduction, so to speak, um, which may or may not affect the final table, if we ever get one. Um, but uh, that's interesting. Uh, this was to do with um, non-payment of wages and non-fulfillment of fixtures. So that's just one bit of news. I'm not sure there's much to say on that particularly. But... Um, uh, A club close to your heart, your um, second team, I think you referred to them as before, Barnett, your local club from back in the day. They serve redundancy notices on all their non-playing staff, including manager Darren Curry. Obviously, this is subject to the circumstances changing. They can retract it if they want, but um, they've had to serve redundancy on the basis that they're not really sure they can afford to pay them at all. Sounds like they are in a bit of a horrible position. Just before we mention anything on that, Wraith Rovers have, have said that they're fairly close to the brink up in Scotland and they're appealing for donations to get them through the shutdown period. So, you know, things are pretty bad. We'll mention a number of other clubs, I'm sure, as this uh, saga goes on. But um, that's two examples straight away as soon as the uh, extension to the season was uh, was announced uh, that are already suffering for lack of gates, obviously, in the, in the main part. Um,
0: what's your take on that, Peter, particularly with regards to uh, Barnett? I mean, it's yeah, it's not surprising. I think it's. Uh, I was a little surprised at the speed with which they Barnet announced that, um, mm. but not the teams. I, I think there'll be a lot more teams having that problem by the time we actually come out of this and play football again. Yeah, um, yeah. I agree with you about the speed. That was
1: very rapid, wasn't it? Which which makes me yeah, wonder if they already nothing.
0: had problems. So, Barnet had a lot of problems this year as well. I mean, they, their pitch has been. Had real issues because they like, they they share a ground with, on the ladies teams I think or something, um, and they've had terrible problems with the pitch. There's been real issues. Um, the chairman I can't remember can't remember what he said exactly, but there's some issue with the lie of the stadium, the ground, the pitch or something. Because mm-hmm. I know they've had like because obviously I follow them and my dad and brother were at a game where it was called off at half time. Another one was called off not long before the game because they they wanted to go ahead, but they were the referee decided not to. Um, there's been they, if you look at the fixture list in the conference, there's, they, they're well behind on games already. So I mean, if the season starts again, they're going to play a lot of games in a very short space of time, potentially three a week, I'd imagine. Yeah. To get assuming the pitch gets sorted. On the other hand, of course, hopefully they can sort the pitch out while they're while they're there. Which is another thing, actually, we could discuss another week. I think if teams where I mean, obviously I follow on but if teams have a lot of postponements due to sharing, partly due to sharing a pitch with another team. I do think there should be some sort of, not penalty, but kind of, you know, kind of, they don't get the same sympathy as they would otherwise if they're if they're getting money from another team for playing on their pitch.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a, tricky, isn't it? Um, other news, Man City fan was charged with racially abusing a Man United player, Fred. Um, yes, another one of those. Um, it's good he's been charged, not good that he's had to be charged. Um, Absolutely. Yes, another one for that uh, long also, list. Fred. Is
0: an, um, there's so many amazing Brazilian names, but Fred... It's uh, incredible, you know, like Joe, the Man City player of old, that sort of thing. It's like how on earth you can end up with all you know, the amazing name that Brazilian players have and end up being called Fred is just uh, <laughs> it's fine, fantastic, isn't it? bizarre. It's kind of you're, you're imagining. They've got, got incredible names and yeah, you know, really you know, really exciting names. And but and when you shorten, you can also call yourself Pele or Jairzinho. You don't have to call yourself Fred. It's... Uh,
1: you imagine him sidling up some sort of um, cobbled northern streets in England, yeah. in the forties with that name, couldn't you, really? But yeah, there we
0: go. Freeman, for example.
1: <laughs> my my nephew's called Freddy, so it's coming back into fashion in in one sense. Freddy sounds better than Fred, actually. Uh, but anyway, we'll, I we won't dwell change his
0: name on. to Freddy.
1: <laughs> we could do, yes. You um, could uh, write right, to
0: guess it, but I do I do find it you know when it's like you get these exhaust you know kind of exciting signings from overseas, and one just called Fred is a. Uh,
1: Mm. yeah yeah well finally on the on the tuesday front one thing which we'll talk about when it then later emerged in more detail later in the week but um one disturbing set of rumors started coming out about um peter whittingham's health he'd um, mm. uh, reputedly fallen down some stairs and um, there were rumors going around that he might have died we'll come on to that later in the week in the summary uh, but that was one thing that came late on um the other thing back on a more um sort of a tranquil note, is that Albion, who were told on Monday uh, to... Oh, sorry, we to, were told they were going to come in on Friday uh, for training. Uh, this was on Monday. Uh, stay off until then. We've obviously subsequently heard they've uh, they've been kept off a bit longer, but more more on that later on. Moving swiftly on to Wednesday, Dan Byrne had an extended Skype interview uh, with Sky Sports News, a uh, video interview. Um, I caught some of it. Um, it was essentially saying it's a bit of a struggle to stay busy, but all's well. Um, he came across pretty well. Um, the only other thing I can think of a particular note, he said that he's not keen on the notion of behind closed doors options um, for conclusions of the season and doesn't think anyone that he knows is keen either. So that, that was pretty much all that was said on that matter. But also um, well, that they
0: all want the season to be completed. And I'm not sure yes. you can get both of those in, probably, realistically.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, that might be the thing. Um one other bit of news that emerged, um, this was to do with the virus, was that Real Madrid's ex-president, Lorenzo Sanz, was diagnosed with the disease and was hospitalised. Uh, more on that later in the summary as well. Um, you can probably guess where these uh, these teasers, as you might call them, are going. But anyway, we'll come to that later. Um, other news on Wednesday, the EFL then announced their conclusions uh, after their planned emergency meeting. Remember, it was UEFA Tuesday, EFL Wednesday and Premier League Thursday. So EFL announced essentially their commitment to conclude the 19-20 season, postponement of the EFL Trophy final, which was due to take place on April the 5th, and a pledge for £50 million fund to help clubs. This essentially comprised a mixture of early advancements on payments that they were due anyway later in the year and the offer of loans in some form or other. So Obviously useful. It's it's better than nothing. Is it enough? I mean, could they've done more? I suppose is the question. Um, probably not uh, at this stage. Um, any any quite uh, anything to say on that, Peter?
0: Yeah, it's hard to know what they. I mean, what they have resource-wise. I mean, obviously the government's been trying to help support small businesses and you know, kind of all large businesses as well, and of paying people and that sort of thing. And a lot of ways, lower division football clubs are, do should come under that kind of criteria. I know they mm. probably pay people more than your average average company, but. You go down to League 2 sort of level, in Accrington or, or in League 1, but then Morecambe sort of thing, I doubt they but, you know, much bigger than some of the companies, or if, or if at all bigger than some of the companies who who um, yeah. who, are, who are being benefit from this. So I don't understand. I would have thought they'd come under that, but it doesn't sound like, I don't know, I'm not heard that they do.
1: No, and I think this would only tie people over for a few weeks. I mean, it's certainly better than nothing, and anything that can be done to help is obviously good. Um, yeah. Anyway,
0: I that was. I think this, this all shows that the, get the gulf in money between, as we said before, between the Premier League and other leagues. So I've been saying it for years, and I'm not going to stop saying it because Brighton are in the Premier League. You know, it would be massively hypocritical. I mean, the amount of money in the Premier League is ridiculous when you compare it to you know, to clubs struggling at lower levels to.
1: Absolutely. 100%. Party. And clearly, clubs are going to struggle on mass. I mean, I fear for how bad this could potentially get mm. in terms of. It's the same
0: principle for a lot of lower league clubs. That it's the businesses like pubs and cafes and that sort of thing. A lot yeah. of businesses will go out of business, and that doesn't. Football's not, you know, immune to that.
1: Yeah, and the immediacy with which it'll hit. I mean, you mentioned Barnett's, um just on the summary for the other day there. Um, you know, the immediacy is is the disturbing factor here. Mm-hmm. How quickly it. Uh, and rapidly. Yes, I was
0: surprised. That, I was surprised at how quickly Barnett announced that. I wasn't mm-hmm. surprised that I know that you know they're not a club who's got a lot of money and they get quite small crowds and they've not had many home games for quite a while because of the weather and because of their their pitch. So it didn't surprise me that they've you know their incomes probably dropped quite a bit over the last few months already with that lack of home games. Yeah. Oh, it surprised me how quickly they announced this
1: yes, indeed, yeah, yeah, well, Thursday was um unfortunately not a good news day. um The rumors um that have were well, that day confirmed Peter Whittingham has actually passed away. um it transpired. he had been in the hospital for twelve days since the seventh of March, uh following the accident where he fell down the stairs at a pub. It was um completely out of the blue by by the sounds of it um he was obviously struggling in hospital so I kind of got the uh, notion once I heard he'd been in there for a while I thought well this isn't good and uh, yeah confirmation on Thursday morning that he had actually died I mean this is a guy who's a very good player I remember him being very prominent for Cardiff for a number of years he played over 400 games for them well over 400 um I know a Cardiff fan he said he was in tears over the news um uh, you know, he's, he's part of. He's a younger guy than me. So part of his upbringing really was centered around uh, the Whittingham era team. And um, terrible news, Peter.
0: Terrible news. Yeah, absolutely. I remember him scoring quite a few times against us. I think over the years he was uh, a championship level. He was. I'm not sure he was ever Premier League quality, but a championship level. He was one of the best quality, like wide players of all of them. And yeah, yeah. It, I mean, 35 is yeah, so young. it's Shocking.
1: It's it's awful, isn't it? And there seem to be too many of these premature deaths from footballers for various reasons um, in recent years. Um, it is terrible. I think he he also played for um, Aston Villa and I think was it Blackburn later on.
0: But yeah, I was, think so. But mainly he's remember for Cardiff City, isn't he? Absolutely.
1: Yeah, he was he was such a figurehead for them. And um, I think he was a sweet left foot, wasn't it? That he had. He was very good with yeah. set I remember. Um, but he he did get he did muck in with a lot of goals, which is I think why he stood out so much, as well as being a good midfielder in general. Uh, But, yeah, tragic news there. And obviously, uh, our condolences to anyone that knows him, really. Um, Yeah. Um, Back on the COVID front, um, 15 members of staff at Alaves um, were diagnosed with it. Um, There's obviously a number of other cases that I won't have information on here, but uh, it's sweeping around all over the place. A few initiatives started to pop up. Um, Borussia, Mönchengladbach Gladback players have accepted a pay cut for the duration of the pandemic. Hart's manager, um, is it Daniel Stendel? I think Stendl, yeah. he agreed to work for nothing. He's, he's subsequently now gone back to stay with family, but he is still with the club. Um, he's, he's agreed to work for nothing. Uh, Hoffenheim, going back to Germany, they've set up a, re- a relief fund for their local area provided by a mixture of players, uh, majority shareholders and others in terms of the financial contribution, which is nice to hear. Um, FIFA have confirmed that the club world club uh, sorry, the Club World Cup, I always find that difficult to say, uh, which was scheduled to take place in June and July. This is the expanded club championship, isn't it, effectively, um, the Liverpool just won. I think that's right. Um, anyway, that, that is to be rearranged. It was due to happen in, in the summer and obviously that's the uh, really, next year. was
0: it? So yeah. it's clashing with the European Championships?
1: Um, it, w- it would do now, which is why I think they've, they've rescheduled it. So it's going to be... Oh, the yeah, summer
0: 2021, 20, sorry, you're saying.
1: 2021, 20,
0: yeah. Sorry, okay, sorry, right, yeah. sorry. I thought you meant so, the summer, this summer. I was like going to say no one's going to turn up from Europe.
1: Yeah, I mean it's an inaugural tournament, um, so they—they, they, I guess it's easier to put that off or even just postpone yeah. it indefinitely if they need to. Um, they, FIFA also announced that they will donate funds of 8.5 million pounds, approximately, to the World Health Organisation Solidarity Response Fund. Um, so that was that was the news there. Uh, the Premier League emergency meeting took place on Thursday as well. It was agreed by all U- UK elite football bodies, in fact that the season is to be suspended further. So this obviously, at this point, it was the first weekend of April. So they they extended it to the end of April with the pledge to fulfil this season whenever. Um, so, I mean, with that one, the protection of the integrity of the respective competitions and the legal considerations clearly have to have been at the forefront of the thinking here, Peter, I think. And rightly so on both counts. Um, Absolutely, yeah. I mean, Liverpool to be crowned Twenty nineteen to twenty one champs maybe then and Albion to have emulated the seventy nine to eighty three season by lasting for four years minimum in the top flight already guaranteed. <laughs> it's looking that way, isn't it?
0: Um Who knows, yeah. I mean that that is an option of course if it does go on a lot longer than normal. You just carry on where you left off and, and scrap a whole season, I suppose, isn't it? Enough. Do you, do you
1: think Liverpool would mind being called twenty nineteen to twenty one champs? I think that sounds all right, doesn't
0: it? <laughs> they probably love that, yeah. Uh, winners of an epic yeah, season. <laughs> um
1: one of the information that came up was um in the on social media i think it was the we are brighton podcast that had um information about albion's expansion um to the amex um i don't know if you've picked up on any of this I missed that. yeah i'll see if i can just knock it up on the screen while we're talking actually because yeah i think it was on we are brighton they had um, an article which seemed to be detailing whereabouts the relevant uh, extra seats we're going to go. What it sounds like is most of it is going to go into more of a hospitality based um, theme. Um, I've got the stuff up here on the screen now. Um, so, this is what wearebrighton.com said. Um, let's have a look. Uh, so, yeah, new, a new North Stand shelf seems to be the idea. The bulk of the capacity increase is going to come from turning the existing club offices at the back of the North Stand into a new hospitality lounge. This will be similar to the Heineken Lounge at the south end of the ground, with a shelf-like row of seats being built above the north stand to cater for those who can afford access to the lounge. The new seats will extend from the current control box at the west end of the north stand, right the way along to the big screen, which will subsequently be moved slightly to the east, so further over to the side, so that it hangs above block n1h rather than its current position above n1g and according to the planning documents this new area is to be called the northern lights lounge and is going to be um it's going to set tony bloom back by 2.98 million pounds um it's also saying by replacing a lot of the gray at the back of the north stand it will hopefully make the area appear less like an office block and more like a football stadium um so there's that there's the new northeast corner hospitality lounge as well Uh, which says also boosting the expansion of the annex will be another hospitality lounge this one's going in the northeast corner next to the newly relocated big screen and where the current american express community stadium branding is Um, the planning documents describe this lounge as matching the southeast corner so we already know what this will look like a new corporate box built into the back of the stand above the existing terrace um, with a balcony of seats attached to the front this new hospitality lounge will cost £1.24 million to construct. And then there's, um, I won't read the rest of it out in full, but it essentially talks about filling in existing gaps in the stadium, bits and pieces all over the place. That's going to cost about 79 grand, And there's also... A the, uh, the
0: cost, as always, is is as part of infrastructure, doesn't count towards financial fair play, whereas the income will. So that's the principal, presumably, idea. They get an extra 1,700 seats, whatever, a lot of which is hospitality, so it can cost more and more where yeah. they're currently filling it, and none of the cost goes towards financial fair play, but all the income does.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's it's right. a yeah.
0: way of Tony Bloom investing his money and making sure that we we can stay within the, the rules of the game, I suppose.
1: Yeah, which is ideal. So it's it's good, isn't it? It's um it's acceptable expenditure within the FFP.
0: Yeah. but At the same time, it allows us greater income, which is allowed. And gets us up to thirty-two thousand-ish. So that's about that's a couple of more positions up. I read in Premier League, there's a lot of teams between. Thirty and thirty-five thousand as well.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's going to take it to thirty-two and a half. So yeah. it's the same size as Wolves, Sheffield United. Yeah. and I think almost the same size as Leicester and Southampton.
0: Yeah, and um, so it's pretty decent size for the Premier League.
1: Hmm. Yeah, it's not bad. Of course, what this will also allow us to do is to host England's C yeah. internationals if um, occasion should arise. Um, it gives us the permission to to be included in the conversation at least so um well it's
0: weird that kept capped, capped at 30k rather than it's weird it's to what 32 or something is it or
1: yeah i think i think it's 32 or 30, something like that yeah yeah, yeah. very so, odd yes it is that, 32 yeah yeah
0: that's an odd amount to cap it out
1: yeah it does seem uh, a bit weird but there we are um there's one reason or another for that i'm sure um now they, Peter, they rolled a
0: dice i mentioned is probably the main reason <laughs>
1: Exactly uh, Peter Do you, what On match days Do you normally go to the ground early And hang around outside Drinking beers By the bandstand
0: No we tend to go to Lewis And stay there until Well until an hour before Or whatever Well this um,
1: Yes that's a good move by the way And not, not a bad place to go the Right to Man's a good pub Do you ever go there?
0: I do go there quite often Yeah when we're there, When we're in Lewis
1: Lovely stuff. Um, however, if you did decide to hang around outside the stadium, things may become easier for you, you know, um, because the rest of the proposal that's mentioned on com is about um, external toilets and a new big screen. This is outside the stadium. And the report here reads, Barbara's has often said that the thing that gets emailed most about at most to him from Bryden fans is the lack of external toilets you can enjoy a beer and a burger on the concourse outside the stadium before a game but if you need a, uh, a wee shall we say then you're in a world of issues well not anymore the documents reveal that the Albion are to demolish the existing facilities in the northwest corner including the popular bandstand and replace them with the newly built ones including toilets so sounds like actually uh, proper toilets rather than just chemical toilets, which would be nice. Anyway, whatever it is, the bandstand being removed, entertainment will instead be provided by a new external big screen, which will be used for entertainment and information purposes. Um, they also mentioned there's a new set of stairs for the coach car park, because as you may know, if you've ever gone that way, there's quite a big bottleneck. It's roughly mm-hmm. right yeah. where the way entrance um, to the stadium yeah. is. Uh, there's a big bottleneck there where the lift is, and they're they're going to create a new staircase to add to what they've already got. I won't bore you with further details on that. Um, but a good move, I think. Anything that helps ease flow of people after the game. And there's also a proposal for new offices. Um, something to do with uh, what it says here, to make move to the expansion above the North Stand. The Annex Stadium will be getting a new set of offices because there's obviously some office space being re- um, repurposed. Um, the planning application for these will follow at a later date. So details are not known on that, but that, anyway, that was a little bit of extra information there. um One thousand seven hundred and fifty expansion, yes, that's thirty-two and a half thousand. That would be. um I'm all for it, definitely. I think it certainly doesn't have any downsides that I can see. Um,
0: Longer queue for trains.
1: Apart from that, yes, but I normally hang around and drink beer as long as necessary. Yeah, we tend
0: to these days anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, seven hundred and fifty people all do the same? Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) Um, So there we have it. So there we have it. That was Thursday. Um, Friday, uh, a few more bits of news. Not so much. Everton committed 50000 to what they're calling the Blue Family Outreach Programme to help fans. Celtic are doing something similar to the tune of £150,000. Bayern's Leon Goretzka and Joshua Kimmich have collectively donated £900,000 equivalent to charity through the Coronavirus Fund. Um, That was the news... Of some of some positive bits of uh, information there, and the Albion's training was postponed now for two weeks. Due back today for the first time since Monday, but it's been postponed for two weeks. That's that's what was announced on Friday. Um, subsequently, that's now an indefinite uh, period. That's subsequently been announced. Um, the EFL announced that their awards ceremony is going to be postponed uh the and and ipswich said their facilities at portman road will be made available for emergency use by the nhs if needed um that's also reminded me that um gary Neville's offered his hotels for nhs staff and i believe chelsea offered the millennium hotel next to the stadium there for nhs staff as well so a lot of a lot of good movements Uh, things you'd like to see things you'd hope would happen are happening which is nice um the only downside that I can see from the news that day, Friday, in general, on the footballing theme, is that Swiss side uh, Sion, I think I pronounced, sacked mm. nine members of their squad for refusing to take a 50% pay cut. Yeah, this there's a few obviously names I
0: recognised there who played in the Premier League at one point. Giroud, wasn't there? Was on that list, wasn't he? Yeah, and, yep, and um, Alex
1: Song as well. Yeah, both yeah. both former Arsenal players, yeah. So, um, so they were included in the nine that were sacked. So... Awkward situation. Obviously, you can understand why they're being asked to do that. I don't understand how
0: legally they can do that. They're going to get sued. I think probably if, if players choose to do it.
1: You would have thought so. Yeah, yeah. Um, and going close to home with you, not not your old local team, but your new one, Charlton. They've, they've been in the news, unfortunately, as well for what sounds like some awkward um scenarios behind the scenes charlton's owners east street investments removed matt southall and jonathan heller from the board southall's the guy you might remember who's been doing a lot of the um
0: yeah he and he and, the, he, and he was the chairman and he and the owner have fallen out or something haven't they or that's right like, yeah, major yeah southall,
1: southall's been the public face of the of the takeover um they fallen out with the owner um guy called uh i've forgotten his name i think it's uh, yeah T- tanun nimir i think i don't know if yeah I'm it's now. a real
0: shame because obviously that was it's waited for for so long with the all the all the stuff around um Belgian guy who I can't remember the name of off the hand uh who was the old um, old
1: old oh, de Chatelet
0: de Chatelet yeah. yeah um right. and it's been so I mean they were still they were, they were they were protesting against him when we went there for the last for one of the last games of the season that we lost in the playoffs last and that was been going on for a while at that point so I mean it was so long to get it get rid of him and to have so many issues with the new consortium so quickly yeah. it's just Terrible.
1: I'm to hear it, yeah. I mean, it seems like the actual owner, which was just Nimir, hasn't provided the funds yet that he was promising to do. So that seems to be where the issue is. And um, apparently he was trying to and has now succeeded in replacing um, them on the board with uh, Claudia Florica and Marian Mihail, which is obviously um, his own appointment. So his his yes people, basically, I should imagine, mm. um, doesn't look good. Southall says that his removal as chairman was unlawful. So this is obviously going to run and run, isn't it? The story, unfortunately, as you said, Charlton have been through enough already. They really don't need or deserve all the extra hassle they're going to get there, which is not yeah, great. In the
0: bottom three of League One, of Championship as well.
1: Indeed, yeah, yeah. You know
0: Bad run in the last few months. Yeah, since I've been here actually. So maybe it's my fault.
1: It might be along with this podcast. Um, well, they were doing
0: okay in October when I came when we moved to I moved to Charlton. So.
1: Yeah, and he started the podcast at the beginning of the year, and we haven't won any games, and we've got a pandemic on our hands. So it's all your fault, Peter. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm, I'm trying to find who I'm to blame for our coronavirus, but the other two things are oh, definitely. We'll find, <laughs> we'll find
1: a way. We'll find a way. Well, we're recording this at the weekend. Um, it's Sunday. Uh, the weekend news, just to sum up that finally, Lorenzo Sands, who I mentioned earlier in the summary had been hospitalised with COVID. He actually died this weekend from that. Very sad. Um, sad news. Don't know much about him as a person, but, uh, you know, it's obviously sad that anybody's life's taken. He's the first sort of significant name I can think of that I've heard has actually been um, fatality in, the, in terms of the football world. Um, yeah. But... Uh, yeah not, not good obviously um he was i mean I think he was quite an old guy i, I think he was I think I might have read he was seventy eight somewhere I'm not sure if i got that right. It's still not
0: that old in the context of yeah every day
1: exactly uh,
0: yeah. old people live to these days
1: yeah um a lot of other people are being announced having it of course, up and down the land. a lot of football people included um four Pompey players um yesterday, and Uves Dibala and his girlfriend have tested positive as well um also, the Mexican FA boss, I think, has, has contracted it too. So, a mm. load of people in the football world. Um, in terms of uh, better news, well, and, and the rest of it is all Albion news. Um, firstly, they announced their training suspended indefinitely, which I've already mentioned. Um, there was news that Bruno was helping out in his community, especially on his road, in particular where he lives. So, he's, it's really nice to see he's really engaging in the um, in masses there.
0: I'm not um, the least bit surprised about that. I mean, he always came across as a, as a brilliant guy, Bruno.
1: Exactly. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Top fella. He is absolutely superb. Um, Glenn Murray was speaking to sky sports news this morning. Um, he was, I mean, he was in good spirits, seems to be fine. Uh, he was thinking one point he made was that he's thinking the foreign lads, particularly those that are new to these shores might find it harder going to self isolate, which I guess Mm -hmm. is a fair point. Um, hopefully they'll all get through. Um, and, um, I get the impression the team spirit's quite good at the moment. So um, hopefully they um, yeah they can all look after each other in the social sense. Um, with chats like this one we're having, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> um, he also revealed the players will be able to train together via an app from tomorrow. Um, so that'll be interesting. I don't know if other clubs are doing that. It's the first time I've heard of that. Mm. But uh, interesting there. Um, but speaking on the self-isolation front, George Cox, one of the copious number 20 plus people that we've got out on loan or have had out on loan this season he's in fortuna sitard um and he's been stranded there because it's in lockdown in holland so he's there with his girlfriend and two dogs so they're doing a lot of dog walking apparently and uh, that's about it pretty much I think that's the only permission where people can go out so um but he but he was interviewed for the argus i think it was and um came across quite well in the interview um it sort of read, read pretty well, like a sensible head on young, young, young head on sensible shoulders or something like that, anyway.
0: <laughs>
1: um, so that, that was the news up to date. Um, anything else you've heard? or?
0: Uh, all I was going to say was the, um, on the Albion website, there was a statement from Paul Barber the other day, which I was really impressed by. And one of the things that stood out for me was that we're, the, the supporter care team at the, the club will be doing season tickets processing at a moment. But once they've done that, They'll be checking in on supporters who are over uh, over a certain age, I think, or have it, or they don't have like kind of have issues that mean have to self isolate. And I was really impressed by that. It sounds a really lovely thing to do. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Which is fantastic news. That's that's really good to hear. That yeah, yeah. That's, that's superb. Okay, well, that's us up to date in terms of the news, um, and that concludes part one of the podcast. In part two, we're going to get onto the good stuff, talking about the teams of the decade from the twenty tens. Um, Peter, are you looking forward to that?
0: I am very much looking forward to that.
1: Wonderful. Well, it won't be long now. (laughs) See you in part two in just a while.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps)